Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Uh, today, uh, we got an amazing guest with us. And I say this because, you know, most of the time when we talk about training, we're talking about how we help train others. And we're going to do that today. But today, we're also going to talk about ourselves. How do we help train ourselves? And with me is Michael Strasner. He is one of the founders of BBA, which is Boston Breakthrough Academy. He has also written several major books on leadership, transformation, and, and, and honestly, you know, how do you take yourself to the next level? So with that, Michael, maybe just give us just a little brief background on yourself, and then we'll get right, we'll get right into the topic. Okay, great. Welcome. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation and be on this podcast with you, Evan. Thank you for the invitation. So yes, my name is Michael Strasner. I am a leadership trainer and a professional and personal coach. And I've spent the last 30 plus years of my life, not only coaching people, but developing myself as a leader, someone that will be an example uh, of what's possible for people. So I'm one of the one of the leaders and one of the trainers that believe that walking my talk and practicing what I preach is an essential component of of what I do. I think it not only adds credibility, but also the the passion and the excitement and the the genuine authenticity that I bring to the work that I do. Uh, translates in my connection with people, my relationship with people, and my ability to to get across whatever points that I'm making or the coaching opportunities. So I, I want to just let everyone in the audience know that I've had the privilege of being trained by Michael, and uh, and I use that term uh, sincerely. Uh, he is a very very inspiring person. But let's let's start with because I, I really think this is important. If you're someone, a training professional, what do you have to keep doing to sharpen your axe, to keep getting better, to keep, to keep being more successful uh, at what you do? Okay, that's a great question. First off, I think that feedback matters. So I not only appreciate feedback, but I look for feedback. I am constantly looking at the results of the work that I do and get that information and use that information to see what's working, see what's not working and make adjustments. So feedback is important. Um, an, uh, an aspect of feedback that I think is really valuable is listening. So I'll ask questions in order to not get my ego to be, you know, <laughs> stroked, but really to find out what's landing with people and what's not landing with people. So I think feedback is a very important tool. The other thing I want to say is that I am always talking to trainers and coaches and mentees and mentors and peers. So 
up, down, you know, pair, you know, peer level. I'm always in a conversation with people about what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it that way. And when I'm listening to them, I'm listening from a, uh, the standpoint of, I don't know anything. <laughs> what can I learn so that something might click for me? So I'm never attached to what I know. I think when trainers lose that edge, when they lose that let's call it spark or passion or excitement or juice in, in their work. I think it's because they're, they're getting into a comfort zone and a complacency where they know something and they think they know something. And the thing about knowledge is that I think knowledge is a, a trap. It's, it's a you know, it's in a sense, it's a nice thing to have. And we were all trained, you know, through our education to, to have knowledge and how important knowledge is to have. But at the end of the day, knowledge doesn't produce anything. Like if I know something or I'm right about something, even if it's true, what does that do for me? <laughs> what does that do for other people? So as a trainer, the best trainers in, in my uh, point of view are not people that have the right answers or people that know something, but they're people that are able to evoke something in someone else. People that are able to, in, in a, you know, another sense, teach people how to fish. So I, I, as a trainer, I'm never focused on what I'm saying, how I'm saying it. I never walk off the stage and say, oh my God, I'm so great. I was on fire today. Wow. I landed everything I wanted to say, because even if that's true, if people are walking out of my training and they're saying, Michael was on fire, Michael was great, Michael's amazing, all of that translates into nothing <laughs> because what does that mean? The focus is on me. It's as if I was a motivational speaker or a, uh, you know, a, a vaudeville act or some sort of a show or performance that people went to. And that doesn't mean I made any difference in their life. What it means is that they essentially sat there as a spectator or a witness in a, a non-participatory experience in which they were evaluating how I'm being and how I'm showing up. And so for me, my commitment is to always learn and to grow and to not be attached to what I know. And I love having, you know, some people call it a beginner's mind. You know, I have a beginner's mind for sure, but I also have an entrepreneurial attitude. So to me, the best coaches, the best leaders, the best trainers, they're always on the cutting edge and willing to, to be detached from what they do, how they do it, what they're good at, what they've been good at, what their resume says, because they want to be on that next a new horizon. And that's where the juice is. The juice, you yeah. know, in the book, in my book, Living on the Skinny Branches, I mean, that's what I talk about. You know, the, the, the joy in life is on the skinny branches of the tree. You and I were talking about this the other day when we were talking about skiing. And you said something to the effect of, you know, you want to be, you know, when you're about to go down the hill, you want to be looking and it's basically straight down. And, yeah. and all of the you know, uh, challenges and obstacles and fears that I have with that concept for you, that's like, yes, bring it on. For me, it's like, I'm out of my mind. You know, I want the bunny slopes. So most of us want the bunny slopes, but that, the juice is on the diamonds. Yes? 
Yeah, no, no, you're totally true. But, you know, I, I ski a lot. I don't want to get too much into it. And I'm a very, very good skier. But every year I take a lesson or two. <laughs> and, and I, and I, uh, and because one, you, you can slip, two, you need to grow. Yep. Um, so for our listeners' sake, one of the things that Michael does that's very different than what most of us do is he does a lot of experiential training where people go through experiences to learn and it's pretty it's pretty powerful uh it's powerful for a learner by the way i i really would recommend anybody gets a chance to experience uh experiential training and the trade training uh, just as a professional and of course for yourself it would be an amazing experience but maybe you know talk about facilitating exper experiential training and uh why it's so impactful Okay, well, let's discuss, uh, let's make a distinction between didactic learning and experiential learning. So didactic learning is concepts, and it's more of a lecture and a discussion. And the thing is, is that people can only retain a certain amount of information, especially if you're self-righteous. I mean, if you think about it, first of all, if I'm self-righteous, then that means that basically my mind is full of me. And if my mind is full of me, there's very, very, very little room for you or for something else to go in there because it's got to penetrate that, that need to know everything. And so it, it makes learning very difficult. And so didactic education, didactic learning in lecture form it's nowhere near as powerful. It's nowhere near as impactful. And even if the person was, let's say, not self-righteous and they were uh, an active learner, a, a, a hungry uh, person that really wants to grow, the thing is retaining information when someone is giving it to me is not the same thing as me discovering it for myself. And the whole notion of experiential education and, and how I do my trainings, both my general public trainings, my corporate trainings, all of them are geared on the exercises that I do. And in the exercises that I do, people are having not only epiphanies, like a, like a conceptual epiphany, like aha, but they're also having powerful uh, life-altering, life-changing experiences. And the thing, when, the thing is when someone discovers something for themselves because they they see it in themselves and they see it in their actions and they see it in their behaviors, then their ability to retain it because they discovered it for themselves is much higher. I, you know, the, the best equation, and, and it's really a simple one, it's about, it's, it's like learning how to ride a bicycle. When you learn how to ride a bicycle, you don't stand out there with your mom or your dad and they say, okay, so let's get the manual and let's go through the manual. And, you know, you're sitting there going through the manual page after page after page about how to hold the handlebars, about how to, you know, how to, how to pedal the bike and on and on and on. Usually you get out there with your mom or your dad and, you know, you get up on the bike and they go, okay, let's go. All right. So grab the wheel, you know, grab the handlebars and start pedaling. And, you know, you wobble and you fall and you hurt yourself and, you know, maybe you cry, but then you get back up and, you know, you wobble some more and, you know, you, you work through it. And then everyone has that moment 
when they get it. When you're on the bike and you get it. And the moment you get it, you can do it again and again and again and again. And then you go faster. You go on steeper hills, up and down, you know, then you're off-roading, you know, then you're, you know, doing all sorts of crazy jumps. And the thing is, is that it's experiential. Now, if you take that bicycle and you put that bicycle on a shelf, you know, it's wintertime in Boston, six months later, no bike, you get the bike out of storage within a couple of seconds, maybe 15, 20 seconds, you know, you might wobble a little bit, but then boom, you get, it comes right back to you. It comes right back to you because it was experiential. When something is experiential, it's in your body. It's stored in your cells. And even if you don't you know, do it on a daily basis, it's still there and you have access to it. And even just a simple you know, example of the bike, that's the power of experiential education. I'll tell you, my, my mother, and this is an absolutely true story, when I was like four years old, and you know we we're going to go swimming, and I like we had a pool, and my and I go, I don't know if I remember how to swim. My mother literally picked me up and threw me in the middle of the deep end. <laughs> That's a whole other level of experience. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> She's like, well, you know. Well, I'm going to say something to you. This is great. You know what? I bet you anything. Something about that has something to do with what you told me last week about how you like to ski. Probably does. I mean, what you just described with your your mother, maybe your mother is the source of your extraordinary love for high danger, high, you know, high risk skiing. Isn't that funny? I bet you there's something to that. Uh, No, I I, I I bet you're right. Because you didn't die, you know, no. you might have been afraid, you might have been scared, you, you certainly remember it. I mean, it's something you remember. Well, you know, and, and what I love about skiing stuff that, you know, we'll, we'll just say is extreme is the fact that I overcame those fears. Uh, I constantly, I constantly, I constantly sit back and, you know, because I, I, grew, I grew up as a kid afraid a little bit. And this allows me to, to, to reconnect. Let's let's wow, now shift here. Let's now shift here and, and let's let's talk about the Boston Breakthrough Academy because I think it's important for people to even understand this kind of training exists. Okay. Because most people I talk to have no idea that this kind of leadership training happens and is available. And this is something that for our listeners they should think about for themselves yep. and, and or for what I would call their rising stars or people that they think have a lot of potential in the organization to move up. So if you could sort of just tell us what is the Boston Leadership Academy? What what is it what does it do? Okay, Boston Breakthrough Academy. What thank what, you. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's okay. that's okay. Boston Breakthrough Academy really is a leadership training program and it's a leadership training academy. And what we do is we we have a series of trainings that we offer people. Think of it like a semester in school. And there's three levels to it. So level one is the discovery. The second part is the breakthrough. And the third part is the leadership program. It's the practice program. And all three parts of the training work together. And what we do is we work with people, coach people, train people. We partner with them. 
in creating their vision for their life, professional vision, personal vision. So what we do is we first work with them to discover what that vision is. And the assumption here is that everybody has a purpose in life. Everybody has a, a, a real vision, a real purpose, something that, something that gets them out of bed in the morning. And maybe they don't know what it is, and maybe that's part of the breakdown. But what we do is we work with them to find out what that is. And it's something that goes beyond your job. It's something that goes beyond, you know, the, the daily commitments in life. It's like, why do you want to be a father? Why do you want to be a mother? Um, why do you want to uh, be a citizen in the United States? Why do you, uh, you know, what's the motivation and the inspiration behind your actions in life? And so when people discover what that vision is and what that purpose is, then we work with them to break through any of the barriers or rackets or, as you said, fears that hold them back and get in the way. So, for example, humans have ego. We all have ego. And ego seems often like a friend or an ally, but really ego is the undermining commitment in our life. Ego gets in the way for, uh, in the way of us being able to create our vision. And so what we do is we work with people to get past their ego. For example, ego is looking good. Ego is being right. Ego is fear. Ego is insecurity. Ego is self-judgment. Ego is um, being rigid, you know, not tapping into my creativity. Ego is um, scarcity. So ego is a lot of different things. And everyone has different, you know, let's call it rackets or ego manifestations. And so the ego gets in the way of you living your vision, living your purpose. And so what we do is work with you to get past your ego. Now, you're going to have an ego. We all have an ego, and you're going to have an ego for the rest of your life. But the ego doesn't have to be the captain of your ship. Your vision and your commitment to your vision can really guide you. And so the opportunity is to be afraid and learn how to be afraid, but do it anyway. To Let's say you have a vision and, and, and a dream to own your own business or to, uh, you know, you've got a, a product or a concept that you've had, uh, you know, in your, in your workshop for, you know, years and years and years. And you know in your heart and in your mind that it would really um, advance some kind of, uh, you know, medical device or it's something that could be... Uh, an innovative product in the world. And then you've got all these insecurities. What if I fail? Uh, you know, I don't have the money. Uh, I don't, I don't have the people skills or confidence in myself to, to convince somebody to invest in me. And so there you're, there you are in your workshop sitting on this product, sitting on this thing that could transform or revolutionize medicine or transform or revolutionize another, you know, industry. And you're holding back because you've got those fears of failure and so on. And so what we do is we work with you to break through those fears of failure, break through those insecurities, break through those barriers that are holding you back from having what you want in your own life so that you can go after it and be passionate about it, be confident in it, and have the tools 
to create it, which is the other part of it. So we coach people not only on their way of being, but we coach them on having the tools and the skills to achieve and manifest that vision. I love when you talk, first off, I've been through the training, so everyone should, <laughs> should know that. What I love about the training is the vision in the spark. It's the reignition. Yeah. And, and why, you know, in, in my company at, at Total Training, uh, we've sent most people through and, and keep sending people through the training because we recognize how much more effective people are when they're living, living in vision and when they build those skills that come through breaking through those mental, those mental barriers that stop you from being successful. Those little the things speaking in your head saying you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, uh, and 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 it is really it is really powerful. Um, what are who are the types of people that are best suited to go through this kind of training? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, first off, movers and shakers. The training is designed for people who are up to big things. So, let's say you have a vision. Let's say you have. Uh, a purpose in your life. You've got a, a business you want to start, or you've got some some breakthrough that you're committed to creating in your company, and you're hungry to create it. And so, what you're looking for, going back to your question about me, is is you want to sharpen your saw. So you're always looking for uh, new ways, uh, new ways to learn, new ways of being, new ways to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. So you're a hungry learner. Uh, I would also say it's for someone who has it all in life and and should be happy. <laughs> you know? Like I've got, you know, I've got the job, I make money, I've got, you know, I've got the relationship, I've got the kids, I've got the family, I've got the stuff, and I know I should be happy right now. And and so it's like this, it's like um, you know, I, I've got it all, but something's missing. And so to find out what that missing piece is so that you can get that spark back, as you said, the the inspiration, the juice back, so that you can let go of the past, you know, wake up, jump out of bed, and be passionate about your life. The other person that it would be for is someone who has, let's say, multiple aspects of their life is working, but there's one area that isn't quite working. Maybe it's their interpersonal relationships. You know, maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's their relationship with their kids. Maybe it's uh, their their uh, their work. You know, their health is great, their family's great, but their work, they're fe they feel like they're up against a wall. Uh, they can't see a way to get around it or get through it. Uh, they keep having the same results over and over again. So most, most aspects of their life are working, but there's one aspect of their life that's just not. And they want to have a breakthrough in that area because they want to have it all. That person wants to be in excellence across the board. And so the training is not a substitute for therapy, and it's definitely not a, um, you know, it's not a substitute for addictions. What it is is a tool that people use. It's a vehicle that people use, much like a car, uh, to get from where they are to where they want to be. So, you know, you could walk, you know, you could ride a bike, or you could take, you know, a hot air balloon. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get around. But what's the quickest, fastest, most efficient, most effective vehicle to use to get from where you are to where you want to be 
And that's really how the training works. The training is fast paced, it's exciting, it's fun, it's interesting. You're gonna meet amazing people from all sorts of different professional backgrounds and be able to learn from them. So you're not just learning from the trainer, you're not just learning from the training itself, but you're gonna have an opportunity to learn from people that are in similar situations. I mean, the light bulbs go off constantly in the training. And some of my, my best friends in life I, I met going through the training. Uh, I did the training over 30 years ago, and I'm still very close uh, friends with about 10 people that I went through the training with over 30 years ago. And wow. I'm not talking about family. I'm not talking about personal friends you know, from childhood. I'm talking about people that we went through this experience together with, and we continue to be in relationship and add value and, and support each other in, in different projects and things that we're up to. So, I mean, it's really exciting and fun, fast-paced, uh, and lifelong. I mean, it's a priceless experience. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. You know, what's interesting to me is because of the fact it's experiential, no one comes out with the same result as somebody else. Everyone comes out with the result for them. And so in, in the program, when I went through it, there were people that started businesses. There were people that got promotions at work. Uh, there are people that, you know, lost lots of weight, people that had improved relationships. I mean, everybody was working on what mattered to them and what took them to a new level, going through exactly the same training uh, because of the process of the experiential learning. And, and it's not because you're, you're not sharing with them what their vision should be. You're not sharing with them how they should do it. You're allowing them to explore it and them to find it. And that's what makes this training so unusual compared to traditional training that, you, that people go through. Yes, and let me add to that. What you just described is the world that we live in. It's our society. You know, most people that are trainers, uh, let's call it corporate trainers or business trainers, they do, they do corporate training or business training for a company. Often it's for a company. So what it is, is I'm designing a training program for people that all work in the same organization. So we have a similar commitment and process that we're in and often the company is paying for the training. So the students that are in the training are coming because it's part of their job. And what is awesome about BBA is that you're in the room with uh, a doctor, a lawyer, an entrepreneur, a college student. You're in the room with a grandmother. You're in the room with a sales rep. You're in the room with a um, with a actor. You know, you've got people from all different walks of life, all different cultures, all different backgrounds, and everybody has you know a different vision, a different purpose, as you said, but also a different breakthrough and and different leadership breakthrough that they're there to create. And so when we are there ourselves and we're in the experience, 
we're, we're learning, of course, what we get to learn and what we're looking to learn, but we're also benefiting from the learning of all those other people. And it gives us a way for us to see our role in society. I mean, it's a leadership program. So where does leadership begin and end? Leadership does not begin in the office and end in your car. Leadership is you know, being a leader with my wife, a leader with my children, being a leader in my community, a leader in my church, a leader in my, in my, you know, with my golf buddies, you know, wherever I am, I get to be a leader. And so I'm part of society and I get to bring forth my vision and bring forth my purpose in every aspect of my life. We're getting towards the end. I want you to talk about your book and talk about distinctions of leadership because uh, I think it's an important tool, and for everyone listening, this book is going to give you a great opportunity to get to understand Michael, get to understand yourself. Uh, so please share us a little bit about your newest book. Okay, so my my new book is called Mastering Leadership, and the the book is about the idea that mastering leadership is not an event or a place that you arrive to. That mastering leadership is an ongoing commitment to learning. It's an ongoing commitment to to living into my vision, living into my purpose, and operating out of a set of 12 leadership distinctions and principles that I have amassed from you know 30 plus years of training, coaching, and working with hundreds of thousands of people, but also reading, <laughs> looking, watching, listening, studying. I've studied, you know, many of the great leaders and, and notice I use the word many because if I say all, <laughs> that means I'm full. So I've studied many of the great leaders. You know, some of them are known and some of them, you know, are lesser known. And in that process, I really was asking myself, what are the values? What are the principles? What are the distinctions that this leader is operating from you know what made gandhi say that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind you know what makes gandhi say be the change you want to see so i'm looking deeper than the quote itself i'm asking myself where does a human being operate from that that's how they respond to weapons or criticism or judgment. You know, I'm looking at Steve Jobs and this is a great example. I'm looking at Steve Jobs and I'm wondering how many people thought that Apple would be more successful, that Apple would be more profitable after Steve Jobs died than while Steve Jobs was alive. I don't remember anybody saying that. I don't remember anybody calling that. I don't remember anybody saying the day Steve Jobs died and, uh, you know, Cook takes over, all of a sudden people are saying Apple is going to go to levels never before seen because finally Steve Jobs is out of the way. No, but something is to be said about surrounding yourself with somebody and training and developing somebody like him within the organization, because that's part of the organizational leadership and development that would take him to a higher level and take Apple to a level that it's never before you know, been. And that's extraordinary. And so I'm asking myself, what's the context of leadership 
that Steve Jobs and Apple was operating from that it would produce somebody like Tim Cook. And yeah. that's mastering leadership. And so all master leaders have a, let's call it vision. And, and I don't just mean vision, but I mean, you know, a lens that they operate through, how they see the world, a context of how they see the world. And then through that lens and through that set of uh, distinctions and values, that's how they make their choices. That's how they make their decisions. That's how they drive their communication. And so my intention is to create leaders in the world and to develop leadership in the world, not to create followers, which is a, which is a complete oxymoron in the 2019 world of branding. So my branding is I want you to be a bigger, better, more effective, more impactful leader than I've ever been in my life. That's the most contradictory, horrific branding statement of all time. And that's what my vision is. That's my passion. And that's what the book is about. Well, I, you know, I love this. And, you know, to kind of relate this to, to my life a little bit, a lot of people, you know, say to me, you know, if I ever left that company, it would fall apart. You know, I'm so important, it would fall apart. And I always say that if you're a great leader, if you leave the company, your leadership should be judged by how well the company does without you. What team did you build? How much, how much, um, what structure, place, systems that will keep that business living without you? Then you've built a great business. Then you've done it, or, or you, you've done a great job in your job because you should not be that important. You should build a system that where everything liter literally does well without you. Um, and that Steve Jobs analogy is, is, is a great, is, is a great one because culture. Yes. And he's probably sleeping like a baby right now <laughs> <laughs> because he left Apple better than it was when he found it. Yeah. And he left Apple better than it was when he left it. I mean, what a legacy. I mean, isn't that part of leadership is your legacy? Not your ego legacy that people are stroking you because you were so great, you were so great, you were so great. But isn't it, I took what you gave me and I took what you taught me and now I'm bringing that alive for other people and I'm passing that on. Doesn't that really speak to the opportunity and the possibility of a legacy? I'm a star maker. I'm not interested in being a star. A lot of people want to be stars. So nothing wrong with being a star, but at some point, isn't the bigger possibility to be a star maker? I mean, that's what mastering leadership is. And that's what, and that's what people in the training profession do, right? Our, go our goal as people, as training professionals, is to help make other people be successful, to help make the company be successful. Yes. And in order to do that, I get to get off of my own scarcity and ego to make that happen. Because a lot of people that are trainers in leadership and coaches and so on, they're looking to make themselves relevant in order to keep the client. Part of it is a scarcity conversation or fear that if I do a great job or, or if I cause what's really possible, guess what? They're not going to need me anymore. And I'm going to tell you something really funny. <clears throat> I've always, always had a policy of 
charging either less or charging what would be a, 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 a sufficient amount and over-delivering, but I've never under-delivered. So if I am hired on a contract for $5,000, $10,000, $25,000, my intention is always to make it so that it was so much more valuable than what they, than what they paid me. And as a result of that, I get continuous work all the time, continuous opportunities all the time. I had a business client I could not get rid of for 10 years. And I don't mean that, you know, in a mean way. I mean it in a playful way. I mean, he loved me so much, he gave me 2% of his company without asking for it because he appreciated how much value I created for him and how much value I brought to his business and to his company. And so, hello, what goes around comes around. That 2% is worth a lot of money. Yeah. And reciprocity is huge. And, and, you know, from my perspective, just learning to give and not expecting. And, you know, sometimes you get things that you didn't expect elsewhere and sometimes you don't. And, but, you know, from my point of view, it makes me happy to impact others. And it makes it makes a huge difference. That's we a beautiful have, vision, and we're aligned. <laughs> we have to come to an end. Okay. I always ask uh, people if you had one piece of advice, what would that one piece of advice be? And this is in the realm of training, not in the realm of the world. And so, what is your one piece of advice? In the realm of training, my one piece of advice is to genuinely love or care about the people that you are working with. And that is something that is kinesthetic. It's a feeling. It's not something um, that you can do and it's not something you can say. But if the people that you're working with genuinely get that you care about them, genuinely get that you love them or you're on their team and they feel that from you, not only does it make a difference in the process of the training and the work you're doing while you're doing it, but when you're complete, it leaves that person not only with tools, not only with maybe skills, but an experience that they can take home and impact every person that they come in contact with, both in the training and in their family and in the community that we live in. It's a great tip. Great tip. So just to end, give us the names of your two books and the website for Boston Breakthrough Academy. Okay. Boston Breakthrough Academy is www.bostonbreakthroughacademy.com. And you can check out our website and you can enroll on the website right there. And also our first training program is beginning in September. So we're starting off in the fall and uh, you can see all the information there on the website. The, my two books, Living on the Skinny Branches was my first book and I put that out in 2015 and that was uh, an Amazon number one bestseller. And my most recent book, which was also an Amazon bestseller, was, it's called Mastering Leadership and that book is also a Bill on Amazon.com, and I just put that out in December, so just a few months ago.
Excellent. Um, just for, for people, because people will listen to this after September. It's September 2019. So if you're listening after September 2019, <laughs> it is going on. Not It is not launching. Yes. Uh, if you're listening after September 2019, it's like it's like a time machine. You got to get on it, people. <laughs> Anyhow, Michael, it's always a pleasure uh, speaking with you and really happy to, and delighted to have you as a guest. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.